Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb, and this is where you'll receive the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise kids of character and our culture saturated with media and technology. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes courage and hard work to not only keep on top of technology, but also to discern how you incorporate that into your family's life. Our ultimate goal here is to keep you educated and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. And we have another special edition for you today. I am very excited to have in the studio for an interview, Kate and Austin McIntosh. They are friends of mine for many, many years, and they have found amazing ways to utilize social media for so much good. And in our culture and world, we hear so much news and reports of social media being used wrongly or immorally in all these different aspects. I thought it would just be really fantastic to hear about how one family is really just stepping out in faith and in using social media as a tool to achieve what God has called them to do. So I'm very excited. So I hope you enjoy this special interview about using social media as the very best tool you can with Kate and Austin McIntosh. Hi, welcome to the studio, Kate and Austin. I'm so happy to have you here. This is a special episode of the Brave Parenting Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about some positive aspects of social media, as well as brave parenting, which is what I believe that you guys absolutely are, brave parents. Um, so in this world of you know, social media, there are lots of positive and negative ways. Um, Kate and Austin have found what I believe is really amazing ways to use social media to benefit not only your family's lives, but the ministry that you're involved in. And so we're going to talk about some of that today. Now, I will confess that I know Kate and Austin personally. <laughs> Kate is the cousin of one of my um, late best friends. And Austin was a youth pastor at a church that I have spoke at. And so we have known each other for several years. So it's, yeah, very exciting to have you here in this space to be talking today. Thank you. So you're welcome. So go ahead. Let's get started. You tell me a little bit and our listeners about yourselves and how you guys are being brave parents right now. Okay, well, um, my husband and I have been married for seven years now. We have three children. Um, we are the product of a blended family. So we have a 15-year-old that was mine, and then we have two small children together. And um, we are also pregnant currently with triplets. So that's been an adventure. You heard that right. Yeah, three. <laughs> three children. And yeah. this is naturally occurring triplets yes. that yes. were unexpected and Very. unplanned. That is, yes. that is a true statement. Yes. <laughs> so um, kind of one of the ways we're being brave parents right now is just we're on a journey across the world. Um, we are going to follow the Lord's calling to Northern Ireland and be missionaries um, in Northern Ireland. My husband is going to serve at a church and we're going to work there together. So we've pretty much packed our entire house into two small crates, sold what I would consider 90% of our things that are moving across wow. the ocean um, to follow the Lord and what he's called us to do. So not only, and you decided this before you found out that you're pregnant with triplets. Yeah. You, were, you thought you were moving over there with one teenager and two young children. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and even a lot of people, after we announced that we were having triplets, a lot of people just, the natural assumption was, well, you're not going anymore. 
And, and even, I mean, we wrestled with that some, yeah. at least not with that we would never go, but that our timeline would be changed and things. And it, it, eventually we just got to the point of God's still who he says he is, mm-hmm. and he didn't change the plan, right. <laughs> or at least that part. He, yeah. uh, he threw three new lives in it. but <laughs> Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think anybody listening would definitely agree. That that is super brave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to let go of a lot of my fear just to move forward and accept that we needed to go now and that this was where God was calling us and that there wasn't anything left for us here, but our time was to, to move forward and go over there. And, and honestly, once we did that, God's shown up and yeah, and done amazing things. That's awesome. I love not only were you being brave role models for your children and the fact that you're you know following God's calling, but what you just said is you sold 90% of your stuff. You know, we as Americans really love our stuff. <laughs> so not only did you let go of fears, but you let go of like a lot of your physical possessions. And it's been an, a learning experience for our children because my husband and I both grew up overseas. He was a missionary's kid and I grew up in the military. And so I, I sold a lot of things growing up and throughout my life and, and different things. And we had to get rid of a lot of stuff just over our own lives. And and so it's been an adventure just kind of teaching our kids that life is not about things, but yeah. it's about family and experiences and, and serving together. And so there's been some hard conversations <laughs> and there's been some struggles where we've had to say, this is how many boxes you have and that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you get wow. no more. That is. That's really awesome. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I, I'm excited to see the, the fruit of that later in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what they learned, what you learned when you were a child about, mm-hmm. you know, how that stuff, you know, you really can't take it with you everywhere. And the less you have, the more free and willing you are to go follow God wherever he has. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. So as the majority of most millennials, uh, you know, in our culture mm-hmm. today, you know, use social media, you guys use it quite a bit. Um, what kind of platforms do you guys use? We're really limited to Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a period of time where we both had Snapchat and we kind of used that a little bit, but we learned pretty quickly about some of the negative aspects of it and the disappearing pictures and just some of the stuff that I didn't like and I wasn't comfortable with. And so we pretty much both got off of it pretty quickly. Um, and so now we only use Facebook and Instagram. Well, and I, because I've been a youth pastor for a long time, and so mm-hmm. I initially thought, well, all of my teenagers are talking about Snapchat, and so I should get on there. That'd be another way to connect with them, and it was. But then very quickly, you just start hearing all these reports of negative things happening, whether through the media or then even in local circles of different issues and relationships and different things. And uh, and I just thought, I can't be a part of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not yeah. healthy, and I don't want to promote it. And I've uh, been pretty vocal with at least in in my sphere of uh, parents and youth ministry contacts so that no <laughs> let's just stay away from that one. right but. I think that's wise yeah yeah so how have you guys been able to really harness especially in this journey that you're in right now which I think you know is not only brave but you're using the mm-hmm. tools that you have at hand and the tools that you know best which is social media um, to really I think use it to its maximum potential so talk a little bit about that and how you've been able to use that to benefit your family as missionaries to a foreign country, we're relying on people's individual support and the support of churches to fund this mission. And so we that's something that we had never done before. And so we got some training on how to actually go about that process and raising that kind of money. Um, and everybody said, focus on one-on-one 
interactions for, you know, meet with people over coffee, over a meal for support. And that's great, but also time consuming. Mm -hmm. And we focused that uh, on that aspect of the process for several months and, and had some traction and made some progress. But um, after a few months, we were uh, about 30%, a little more than 30% funded for our mission. And we we're like, well, that's not going to get us there. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so we said, okay, you know what, we're, we are millennials, we're on social media, we understand the point of it's good to invest time in, uh, in your supporters and, and that's a valuable thing, but there could be some opportunity here as well. So we started with uh, just making kind of a little goal and a graphic with, hey, help us reach this level of support. Uh, I think it was 50% of, uh, of support and, and we just kind of made a a little graphic for people to say, okay, we'll check off this mm -hmm. marker for every $100 a month or something like that, whatever it is. And really quickly, it kind of blew up. I mean, in a positive way. I think we ended up going from 30, a little over 30% to almost 70% in a week through mm -hmm. that. That's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and and people asked us, other people in this kind of sphere of funding ministry that way, and they're like, what did you do? And I'm like, we, we kind of did what people told us not to do, and we got on social media. So, But it was really good because one of the first people who signed up to support us, I haven't spoken with in over 10 years. And, the, and it's something someone that I wasn't on my radar anymore, but they saw our post, and they felt connected with it, and they felt led to give. And so... That was a way for us to kind of reach more people that had fallen off the radar. Right. Yeah. Because we have these connections. They last mm -hmm. forever. Right. You know, we may move or, you know, in different seasons of different lives, but you're still connected on that exactly. Facebook or that Instagram mm -hmm. account. Yeah. So that's interesting. And we're pretty nomadic people. So we've lived all over the world mm -hmm. our, li our whole lives. And so we have friends kind of all over the place and that, and it allowed us to share more of our story, what we were doing where we were and what was going on. And so it allowed people to come alongside us, especially people we didn't really expect mm -hmm. um, to join our team, but they have, and it's, it's a blessing for us and it's a blessing for them. So, yeah, that's really good. awesome. So you had said um, some of your experience uh, through social media, it's a little bit different than your fundraising, but I thought this was amazing. This is why I had said, I really need to interview you guys for the <laughs> podcast because this is truly, I think, one of the most beautiful examples of how social media can connect. So tell me about your experience. Well, most recently, I was able to connect with a, a mom that actually lives in Belfast, which is only going to be 15 to 20 minutes for where, from where we'll be located. And she's a triplet mom. And so uh, moving across the world, um, expecting to have babies over there and not really knowing anybody or anything about the medical system, it was really awesome for me to find somebody that's going through exactly what I'm going to be going through. Um, she recently had the baby, so they're still pretty mm -hmm. much newborns, and has been in the NICU over there and delivered at a hospital, and so it's been great for me to be able to connect with her, and she's been willing to chat with me and answer my questions and even offered to 
get coffee with me when we move over there. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, no other place other than mm -hmm. social media would you be able to just find someone. Mm -hmm. And you found her on Instagram. Yes, through a, through a hashtag of triplet pregnancy. Through so. a hashtag. That's, <laughs> yep. That is really amazing. And that, I mean, goes to show the power of the hashtag mm -hmm. of using that. And I'm sure it's a blessing to her, too, to be able to be like, you know, yes, you know, let's connect as, an, as you know, co-triplet moms. I mean, you just don't mm -hmm. find very many. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a new journey that you, that I'm not, I've never been through. And mm -hmm. it's not something I think the average person could understand. I mean, having one baby versus having three babies is completely different. And so. then going from three to six. Yes. I mean, I know this as I went from yes. two to right. seven. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, five years ago, but, um. Right, so I think I think that that's really fantastic, and not only that, as you're over there um, doing your ministry work, you're going to be able to share right. your story so much easier. Mm -hmm. um, not only you know the triplets and people being able to you know see from afar through social media, you know what's going on there, but as well as through your ministry. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, it's a good opportunity because we have a lot of different points that we can connect with people through. I mean, we're a blended family. I'm a stepdad. Uh, now we're having triplets, so we kind of check different boxes that the modern family is experiencing. Mm -hmm. And uh, even births of multiples is increasing because of IVF and different things like that. And so um, it is an opportunity for us to show definitely not that we're the perfect parents or that have the perfect <laughs> family, but just be somewhat vulnerable That's and open yeah. with, hey, this is what we're doing. Maybe yeah. it encourages you or maybe it just gives you a an opportunity to say that didn't work we're not doing it that way but yeah and I love that you guys are very transparent about you know your lives mm -hmm. um, you know the good and the bad the struggles <laughs> you know the the joys um, in that have you guys found any any negative aspects you know maybe feeling like you're using social media too much or any you know repercussions of kind of sharing your life you know on social media I think it, it lends people to be kind of intrusive that they start asking you questions or they want to dig deeper into your comments or something that you posted on social media, even though sometimes you just want to put it out there and just like let it be what it is. But sometimes they feel the need to ask questions about it or to try to get more information about what you posted. Um, and also, we I have found myself somewhat, you know, considering like, am I addicted to this? Maybe I should get off of social media. And there's been different times in my life when I've considered getting off of social media. I use it as an online business platform for mm -hmm. a while. And so I didn't feel like I could get off of it. Um, and so I've just kind of peeled back a lot over the years. And now it's just, I just share kind of about our life and our family and that's, that's it. And I, I just leave it at that. Yeah. Which is a, it's a fun story to watch. Right. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and I think the, one of the negatives that I've found has been, there was one time, uh, about a year ago that I reconnected with a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And then he, he kept asking me or mentioning things that he had seen on my mm -hmm. social media. So I had nothing to talk to him about because he had followed me so closely. And I, and so anything that we would have really had a conversation about where he would have said, Hey, tell me about, you know, did you go on a vacation? Mm -hmm. Instead it was, Hey, I saw you went here and you did this and that, and it looked great. And I'm like, end of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. interesting. And it is kind of funny when you do meet with someone and they'll say, 
And I'll say, you know, what's going on? And they'll say, oh, well, you know, we did this. You didn't see it. Right. Well, no, actually, you know, I don't follow you on this or, you know, you know, it's okay. And it can't, yeah. it does make for sometimes awkward conversations. So. Yeah. And so that's kind of helped me kind of filter a little bit more and, and kind of add value for ourselves, for our family with, like we recently went to Disney World, which was an awesome experience. And we shared some pictures, but I don't even think we shared more than 10% of the pictures we took, mm-hmm. the, but the rest of those are for us. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we show some kind of more where we think maybe this would be something that other people would find valuable or we could just help and, and to continue interacting with people, but not just sharing every part of our life right. anymore. Yeah. There's always the backstory behind the pictures too, <laughs> which are always good to share with friends, you yes. know, over dinner and coffee. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of that, you know, are there, you know, boundaries that you guys have established for yourself, um, you know, for the social media, um, as well as really, I mean, what does that look like in your home? I think we've, we've kind of grown up with social media. Mm-hmm. So social media really came out when we were in high school. I mean, Facebook became the main thing and like, it was, you know, only a college platform at first. And then suddenly they started allowing more people. And so we've grown up with it. And with that, I feel like we've learned a lot and grown Mm -hmm. with social media. And I definitely limit what I post on social media. I try to stay away from anything political. I'm not constantly reposting articles that other people are sharing. I try to make it positive, encouraging, Mm -hmm. or educational. Um, I am a nurse. And so sometimes I'll share articles or information that I feel would be valuable and educational for parents or for moms, just from what I know as a nurse or safety things that I've learned. And so we definitely limit what we post and Mm -hmm. I try to just stay away from all the drama. Yeah. Yeah. And there can be, that's wise. Yeah. There can be a lot of drama. We're not as good about limiting screen time in general or (laughs) um, for yourselves, for ourselves, Mm -hmm. even, or, you know, we, we limit at the dinner table. We do still try to have uh, family meals together and we'll limit that. But then, you know, if it, even if whether it's a text or an email or something, we're, we're not the best at establishing those boundaries for ourselves. And so uh, that's something that we're continuing to work on with just prioritizing being present with our kids. And I think we're improving over mm-hmm. recent times, but that's we have a, we have more work to do. Yeah, and that's I think that's definitely most parents. I mean, right. we are all, you know, like this we're all adapting to mm-hmm. this brand new, you know, constant technology, you know, on our on our person, always in our hands. Right. And so yeah, you know, I think most parents would agree with your statement whereas <laughs> we're kind of a work in progress yeah. and um, it takes a lot to be intentional in that. Yeah. Now, and you said, right? So you have a 15-year-old daughter. That's correct. Now, mm-hmm. how do you feel about social media for her? It's um, not something that we have allowed her to use up until this point. Um, Honestly, that kind of came from a brave parenting information education (laughs) that I learned from you, was just limiting it completely until 16. And Mm -hmm. so that's sort of become our house rule is she won't get it until 16. And even then it will be one platform and we will discuss it. Yeah. Um, She's had some exposure to social media. We do allow her to use YouTube. She doesn't have her own personal account. She's not allowed to post videos on there, but she does like to watch some other videos that people Mm -hmm. post. Um, And then she also has access to my phone sometimes when I'm present, but she has to ask me if she can use my phone and look at Instagram 
and I generally know what account she's following and she doesn't follow accounts that I'm not following. So I know what's being posted and what's being, what's being put up on there. And so that's just kind of where we are right now and yeah. we're monitoring it, but we have kind of noticed and watched the addiction begin or her constantly wanting to take my phone or can I look at your phone and, the compulsion. and we're like, right. no, yeah. you know, cause if I go to work for a day or two and I'm not home, she doesn't have it. And then suddenly I come home and, oh, can I have your phone? Can I look at your phone? Mm. And so we've had to kind of monitor that and just limit that. Yeah, I think that's a great way to ease kids in, mm. though, is to have them looking at your phone because, you know, you know it's going to be limited because you're going to want your own phone back. Exactly. <laughs> you're not going to just forget about that. Where did they go three hours ago with my yeah. phone still searching, you know, through Instagram? Mm. But as well as see, because my guess is you're probably very... Uh, restrictive as to who you're following you're following right. you know people that you know are adding value mm -hmm. to your life and mm -hmm. so it's not maybe kim kardashian or some right. other <laughs> you're not maybe following taylor swift yeah. or i don't know <laughs> and there's been some accounts that she said can can i follow this person on my phone and she she loves animals and so she follows quite a few animal accounts and mm -hmm. so i have added them to my feed just so that she can see them but I know what she's what she's looking at. Yeah. And now, are so, these are are these actual dogs that have their own accounts? Well, are, they, are we, these the kind of animal accounts we're talking about? Yes. Because I know this is on the yes. rise. Yes. Where like Fluffy the dog has his own Instagram. Well, there's a couple different accounts that yes, they basically are the animals account. So the people manage the accounts yes. for the lovely animals. So. Yeah. Yes, she enjoys watching. That's those awesome, funny but videos. innocent, and but yeah. it can be enjoyable. It's really that's where it's really entertainment, right? Exactly, I and think. that's the thing for her with her use. Even though there is already that compulsion, like you said, of oh, I'm bored. Can I look at your phone? Mm -hmm. But the content that she's looking at is is more entertainment value than than comparative or where do I stand in my social circle that doesn't exist because Kate's not following her friends. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So for your little ones, what does screen time look like for your four and six-year-old boys? It's primarily TV, um, which they are young enough still that they get up before us and <laughs> yes. we're not ready to be with them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't miss those years of early rising. <laughs> and so they'll get a little bit of uh, cartoon time in mm -hmm. the morning and, um, you, you know, but pretty quickly they're, they're at an age that just doesn't hold their attention for very long. And so... Uh, that may be a, an hour at the most. And then the rest of the day, it's, I mean, they're not getting on our phones very much. The There will be certain, like PBS actually has some fairly educational games on, on, mm -hmm. on yeah. their app and stuff. So there's occasion when we'll let them play that sort of thing. Um, but there's no, uh, there's not like a structured time of, okay, at this time you get to do that. It's just, if it fits in our day, yeah. if there's a downtime and you've been active and been doing other stuff, okay, sure. You yeah. Um, but beyond that, it's not. And they don't have their own devices. No. Yeah. That's a big That's thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause there was one point when he wanted to get them an iPad or a tablet and I was like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. If I don't think that they should have that because then they think that they own it and yeah, they the can have it whenever it. they want versus this is daddy's iPad. You can play the game for 30 minutes. Right. That's how it right. is. So yeah. it's a couple times we've gone on road trips or something and wish we had another device, sure. but we don't. <laughs> and we just make it through 
and they've had to get over it or right. share. Oh, amazing! What, what an amazing concept. concept. So, and yeah. we don't have we don't have like mounted screens like we don't have a tv in any bedroom mm -hmm. or anything like that and we're we have you know like even for our teenager like at this time it's lights out your screen is either on the other side of the room plugged in because you're listening to music or something yeah. or you know we take it out or something like that so yeah yeah i think that's wise yeah, I know, like with younger kids, I think it's a lot easier to do a maybe as needed, you know, right. deserving, it's mm -hmm. a privilege. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with mine, you know, I've got six teenagers, so it's very easy to say these are the time frame in yeah. our house because they're older. Right. right. And then if you miss that time frame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, well, and I okay. also consider, I, I think a lot about the health aspects of, yeah. of having your phone overnight. I worked with right. a lot of children who have, sleep disturbances and headaches and all kinds of stuff and they're on their phone all night mm -hmm. getting text messages constantly looking at that screen which messes up their sleep cycle right. and i even tell him that i'm like your phone is next to me in bed and it's messing up my sleep cycle you need to turn it off but but i do i i don't think children should have their phone at night yeah or any or Absolutely. beginning texts at night because what's happening at night nothing good we should exactly. all be sleeping. Yes. So. I think research is showing a lot more how much the lack of sleep yes. mm -hmm. is contributing to the anxiety, depression, like yes. all these other factors is really coming down to the lack of sleep, which yes. of course is usually from the screen. Right. Yeah. And when we were kids, you didn't call somebody after nine o'clock. Right. And if you did, it was rude and their parent would answer the phone <laughs> and be like, why are you calling us? Mm -hmm. And so we've lost all those sort of social norms because we now have this instant access and so we i mean if i hear my daughter getting a text at, after nine i'm going and looking at what it who's texting her mm -hmm. and why which is because... really funny when it's a grandparent yeah. <laughs> and then we're like hey quit texting your granddaughter after I... nine o'clock <laughs> no we've had to tell our parents a few times don't do that or text me because she shouldn't be on her phone. That is very after funny. After bedtime. It, it, I think that goes so true that the fact that the older generation, you know, those in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, you know, have adapted. But they, too, have forgotten these yeah. social norms because this instant communication. Um, so that's hysterical because we're having to retrain them as well. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of forget, like, oh, I can't right. just text my grandchildren while they're in school during the day. No, right. we're actually in school, and yes, I can get it, and I could answer, but we shouldn't, yes. you know, that type of thing. Because I feel like we've, our generation has gotten to a point where, I've at least noticed with more of our friends, of either not taking a phone call when, they're with, when we're with each other or excusing themselves to take it or something. But I've seen several of the older generation we're just sitting at dinner and they get a call on their cell phone and they just start talking right there at the table. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. The values and the, the manners of that. It's Yeah, it is. It's different. Yeah. Well, this has been really awesome. I have loved getting to not only hear more about just where you guys are at with your ministry, your move, the triplets, um, as well as your screen time. It's kind of a snapshot of <laughs> what that looks like. Um, there may be people listening here um, who may be interested in just not only following your story, um, but maybe just praying for you or even supporting you. Where can they go to learn more information about that? Yeah, so our partner organization is C10, Commissioned Every Nation. So uh, the website is uh, c10.org forward slash my name, Austin McIntosh. And then we don't have a, a Facebook page per se other than our personal pages, but we're welcome, happy to connect with people. Uh, or our Instagram accounts is just under our name, Austin, or Kate McIntosh. 
Awesome. Great. So we'll have those in the show notes if you want to connect with them. Austin and Kate, thank you so much for coming today and being on the podcast. Absolutely. It was fun. Thanks. All right. Good luck, guys. Thank you. All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. I sure hope you enjoyed hearing from the Macintosh family and all the amazing things that are going on in their life right now. When this was recorded, of course, they were still here in the States, and I am thrilled to report that they have made it safely to Lisburn, Northern Ireland, and they have moved into their home and are adjusting quite nicely. If you want more information about the Macintoshes, or have questions about anything that you heard on today's show, please email us at podcast at braveparenting.net. And again, learning to build character in kids using this technology kids love, pick up our book, Managing Media, Creating Character, available on Amazon. And whatever your favorite podcast platform is that you are listening on, please subscribe and give us a rating. We would so appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child deserves a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next time, go and be brave.